Today is a special day and I'm gonna tell you why. I have my very first two amazing guests with me on Bad Badak podcast. One of them is my uh, Persian friend. Uh, she was my classmate at Seattle Central College. She is now UW class of 2020 graduate from Bachelor of Science in Psychology. Future therapist, ice cream and dessert lover, a very talented barista, a yugi, a daughter, a sister, a dog mom, and an amazing friend. And also, I have her wonderful sister, Ava, with me today as well. She's a climate activist, future lawyer, corn and chocolate lover. She loves to watch comedy stand-ups and White House Correspondents Dinner. And she recently got hired as an executive manager at U-Wave Radio Station at Yuda Bottle. So I'm super excited to have these two lovely ladies on the show today. But before getting started with that, let's make some coffee. sisters thank you so much for being here with me today have you had your coffee already coffee yes. tea no, no i haven't always not in really into coffee how about yeah, tea? i'm not a coffee person she's a tea girl black tea um my favorite is oolong and jasmine yeah how about you mash it i like well I like the jasmine and the black tea the most. Jasmine green tea, black tea. I like matcha too, but not that much. It's too strong. Do you prefer coffee over tea? Well, it's it's not preference. I drink coffee, then tea is my water. So I drink coffee. After that, I drink tea, just to digest it better. <laughs> Hardcore caffeine drinker. <laughs> Awesome. I get a cup of latte and I drink one third of it and I already start shaking. I'm like, ah, what is happening to me? So, well, in Iran, I never drank coffee. I always drank tea. And then in Malaysia, I stopped drinking both. But I think mostly I was leaning toward tea. But then when I came to U.S., it was only coffee. Until... Last year, I, when I had my family reunion, my mom made this delicious black tea, which I never forget the taste. And I learned how to make a perfect cup of black tea because every time I got, you know, like loose leaf uh, tea, really good brands, organic, you know, uh, great brands, but it never tasted the same as the one that my mom made. And I learned her secret. 
she adds cinnamon, cardamom, oh, and gosh. ginger root. And that's why it tasted so good, especially organic teas that are, they don't have much taste. It's just like very tasteless to me. So I learned her trick and now I make really badass tea, teas at home. Nice. Yes, it, it's great. Do you want to tell me a little bit about yourself? How old are you? Are you single? When did you leave Iran? And, and so on. I'm Ava and I'm 22 and um, well about to turn 23 and I like the idea of getting old so I'm excited to it um, and I kind of wish that I could just fast forward to uh, 28 years old that would be great 28 uh, why 28 because that's when my law school is done and I, I think I have, I'm about to finish my first year of working as a lawyer. So it's like the chaos is kind of just settling down. It's just getting chill. Yeah. Is that what you think? <laughs> that's, that's, um, that's what I've been told because like law school is the worst part as I've been told repeatedly over and over. And after that, uh, if I'm if I find a nice job at a big law firm, um, yeah, yeah, I think it would be a bit more chill. And um, did you mention that are you single? Oh, are you dating someone? Um, I am single. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Abajan. Well, I have a good news for you. Once you pass twenty-four, time is gonna fly so fast. Like before you even know it, you are 28 years old. <laughs> you just gotta wait for two more years until you get there. How about you, Mashit? I'm 29, single. I just graduated from the University of Washington psychology undergraduate. Congratulations. Um, thank you. I was on your um, virtual uh, commencement ceremony that was fun yes yes and you you added so much excitement when you were jumping in my video and <laughs> cheering me out yeah <laughs> so funny we didn't do any of that <laughs> we were like oh she's graduating okay whatever <laughs> i had my celebratory necklace on too whenever there's something special i put on that necklace i got it from uh mardi gras in new orleans <laughs> and i was ready that was a big big moment dude you studied yeah. and worked so hard and thank you i'm sorry that it had to be like online yeah well we can party together after this corona pandemic goes away for sure yeah um, we'll throw a party next year when i graduate and we'll just make it a big party you know what's gonna happen? It's gonna be like three people in a small apartment, just like, hey, we graduated. <laughs> and that's gonna be the big party. <laughs> no. <laughs> promises, but then it's like, okay, I'm too, I'm too tired to go out and shop. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> I hope not. I really hope that won't be the case. We need a big, big party. Yeah. Okay, uh, so. And you have also one brother, right? Who is the eldest? Yes. Yes. Okay, great. So, Mashed, you're in the middle. Ava, you're the baby <laughs> of the family. Yes, Just I like am. me. I'm also the last child. 
I'm seven years apart from me. Yes. Wow, that's a that's a big gap. Yeah, I told my parents just to, just tell me the truth. It's not even gonna bother me. Was it an accident? And they were like, No, no, you're not. <laughs> I was like, Uh huh, you lied. <laughs> <laughs> well, even if that was an accident, it was probably the best accident of their lives. So tell me about when you left Iran.、Uh, how old were you? We we've been in the states for five years. We entered states on August twenty、uh, fifteen. So it's like almost like five years that we're here. We've been in Washington for four years and a half. I moved out sooner than Ava, so I've been in Seattle for、um, yeah three years, and Ava lives with my parents close to Seattle. It's like forty minutes ride or something. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna move out and go to UW Seattle as well. I got accepted, and then、um, some family stuff happened, and I felt like my parents would really need me to stay with them. And I also thought that since I'm going to law school, I'm gonna go bankrupt. Might as well save just a little bit of money, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So I started stayed with my parents. But when I left, I was seventeen. Wow, you are saying、yeah, I, I had just finished high school, and we we just left immediately. So you were seventeen, and you were twenty four. Yes. When you left, and you both came directly to Washington. Um, we went to Vegas first, Las Vegas, for like five or six months. Yeah, almost six months. And we hated every second of it. Really?、Yeah. What did you it hate? It was our city. It wasn't our city. Like, like people think that Vegas is so fun, but honestly, there's nothing to do if you're living there. There's absolutely nothing to do. The streets are boring. The weather is boring. Everything is so boring. <laughs> I mean, it's probably fun for like a week, but and public public transportation is so so bad over there for people like us who didn't have a car. We could we couldn't do anything at all. So yeah. Wow. Washington to go. Washington was the way to go. How do you like it here? I like it. As long as we're in the Seattle area, <laughs> I like Seattle area, and also like the nature. The nature is really exciting. For sure. Have you had a chance to like go camping and like hiking and do all this Seattle、um, activities yet? Not camping, but hiking. Well, I have. Oh, you have camp, yeah, with some friends. Yeah, but I only hiked, and it was、uh, like a. It was mostly with my class, so. The professors would take us to locations that the public doesn't have access to or like doesn't even know about their existence, and it's just like these super magical places. Especially like they have really cool wetlands, and that's like the best thing that I've ever experienced in my whole life. Wow, that's amazing! Definitely, like the nature and the parks, the mountain, the lakes in Seattle are things that has. Made me stay here as long as I have because it's just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Relevant to the recent events, how the pandemic has impacted you guys? How are you guys keeping up? I know for Mahshid, her 
graduation ceremony was held online. That was a bummer. I enjoyed it. That stress was less. Like I was worried about spending a lot of time like on the arena for graduation. Uh, especially my parents. I was worried about them that if they get tired or bored. So they were chilling with their tea and behind the laptop and. I could have my friends from different countries, Iran, Turkey, Austria, and different states from the United States. I really liked that part. It meant a lot to me that my cousin stayed up all night to be here <laughs> as a graduate. Spoiled brat, and then they say the last child was the spoiled one. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very special to me. Uh, but if I had to go to the ceremony, ceremony, I couldn't have with me so i felt i felt i liked it better than the real like physical ceremony it was definitely less of a waste of time mm, <laughs> i see mashid always see the positive things and ava finds things that are not so great i want to hear your thing i want to hear your side of story too tell me how it could be no 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 no. okay the the reason why she saw the positive part because is because she graduated and she was free and it was all (laughs) over for her i still have one one year to go and it was a really bad quarter like every other student who was still studying and taking classes everyone who i talked to was just having a terrible time because like the the professors were not that not not all of them were that accommodating mm-hmm. and the university policy wasn't really addressing the needs of the uh, students and like in such a such a uh, unusual time you would think that like they would give just a little bit of flexibility to students so that their grades doesn't come down so so significantly but like with one of my classes the professors gave a total points of 100 so with every point that you lose you lose a percentage so if in the whole quarter you lost eight points which is what happened to me mm-hmm. like the entire quarter i just lost eight points and my GPA went from 4.0 to 3.6. And that's that's really wow. stupid. Like the entire quarter you work so, so hard and you just lose eight points and it just entirely screws up your GPA. And that's not fair. No, especially because this all happened, like considering all the circumstances that we had to deal with, that were out of our control. It's just crazy that some professors were not, you know, being understanding about that. But then uh, you mentioned a great point about like UW should have changed some policies. Were you just uh, talking about the grading policies or the online uh, classes? Um, I would say the grading policy is one of them, uh, but also, like um for the last couple of weeks especially like okay so the quarter was already extremely difficult but after the protests um started after the death of george floyd um well i mean like it was such an emotional toll Mm -hmm. um especially on uh, um, uh on black students like 
if a university wants to talk about systemic racism and like mm-hmm. uh, attacking racial uh, inequality and like addressing that they didn't do a good job in accommodating um, the students in a general way to show them that hey we know you're having a really difficult time especially after like this, this the protest started and we understand that this is the time where you want to go out and participate in what's happening in your country and like you want to go out and protest and this is your uh, basically like it's your civil right it's your constitutional right and um, we're gonna accommodate you. Like weeks, we're gonna uh, have have the professors like um, get rid of some of the assignments. I don't know, make it lighter. Like I, I I wasn't at the table when they were making the decisions, you know. But they just made it optional for professors that oh, if you want to accommodate students, go ahead and do it. But also take take into consideration students' academic flexibility. And so a lot of the professors, of course, didn't care and they didn't accommodate students. Mm. So there wasn't like a uniform policy for mm-hmm. how to handle the situation. I had yeah. a very different experience. My humble community college, Seattle Central, <laughs> or at least my professor handled this situation so gracefully and so understandably we got several emails from our president encouraging us to stay safe but also participate it is a huge and important movement that we are all responsible to be a part of and we were told you know they just gave us all these updates that that all the things that they were doing and also i mean i got lucky my professor let us know that week that all the protest was go- going on. She was like, if anyone needs to extend their due date for their assignments, I am more than willing to work this out with you. Like she, she gave us... That's really great. Yeah, it was, I was very grateful for that. Yeah, one of my professors did that and she said, I will just, uh, if you can't get anything in, uh, submit anything after week nine, you can submit your final paper. It's it's all good. Don't worry about it. Um, just, I, I will just grade you through week eight, and I will not penalize you for the assignments that you're not submitting after week nine. Mm-hmm. And she really did that. That's amazing. And it was it was really great of her. Yeah, yeah. So it looks like after all, we had both good and bad experiences depending who was our professor and again it goes back to the fact that there wasn't any clear and uniform policy about how to handle the classrooms during the COVID and the protests and was that fair? Absolutely not because some amazing professors were so understanding They were easier on their deadlines for the assignments and quizzes and final exams. And they provided support. They showed support during the protest. And there was a sense of solidarity. I'm talking about my own professor. She made me feel that, okay, you know, she cares. And 
she understands what's going on, and she was responding accordingly. But also, there there were some other professors who were not. <laughs> they were very strict about the deadlines. They disregard whatever was happening and all the struggles that students were going through. And this all happened because there wasn't any uniform and clear policy about it. It was up to professors. Some of them were understanding, some of them weren't. And this all shed light on the fact that there is a major inequality in our education system. I can keep on talking about that forever, but anyway, I I would love to just get into our topic. I wanted to explore names and pronunciations today with Mashid and Ava uh, because I thought we all, all three of us, had fair amount of experiences dealing with all these dramas with our names and pronunciation in the last few years that we have been living in um, the U.S. So I thought it would be interesting to just unpack that topic with you too. So, Mashit, you wanna, I'm going to start with you and then we're just going to go Alba and then I'm going to go last yeah, maybe. Do you wanna, Mashit, do you want to spell your name? Yes, my name is Mahshid, M-A-H like Henry, S-H-I-D like David. Okay. And, and Ava? Uh, Ava is like Ava, like avocado, <laughs> A-V-A, three letters. Three letters, sweet. Everybody actually knows me by Maya, but my legal name is Ghazal, which is G-H- A-Z-A-L. I think I forgot to tell the listeners how I met Ava and Mahshid. Uh, now that we are actually talking about our names, I remembered to tell you how we met. So, I met Ava through Mahshid because she's her sister. and uh, But I first met Mahshid and... Uh, she was my classmate at Seattle Central College, as I mentioned earlier. And But she was sitting uh, in front of me. I couldn't see her face. And then when our uh, professor was uh, calling the attendance, she got to her po- uh, name, and she butchered <laughs> her name. She got to my name. She just see Mash Mata Ariyabadi. So she said match, and I knew that, okay, she's coming for me. And she was struggling to pronounce the last name, so I corrected her and said, okay, okay, I take it, Mashi. And, <laughs> but even before Mashi uh, corrected her, I knew that this must be a Persian name because for some reason, uh, my professor in Washington struggled a lot with like Middle Eastern names maybe because there there aren't that many like in chicago my professors were actually much better like most of my professors could say my name and perhaps this is what i think not sure if it is true or not but perhaps maybe because they had more like i have seen more middle eastern student in chicago than i have seen in washington so that might be one of those things but when i when i 
her dad. I was like, yes, there is a Persian student here. Yay, my first Persian classmate. I was so excited.、Um, and then obviously when she got to my name, she also was <laughs> her. She couldn't even say it. Like she didn't even like try because I also have like a middle name. Which is Sadat, and then、uh, when I moved to the U.S., they attached my middle name to my first name. Oh no! Yeah, it's crazy. Without even me asking or without any permission、oh, from my aunt, that's what they did. Did it automatically? Very rude. Anyway, I changed my name to Maya years ago Because of the reasons that I think you two can relate to, I was just like every time I saw someone, I had the same long conversation going on about my name. I want to hear your story too, how it had impacted you, if it has. Um, should I start? Yeah. Uh, I didn't have like much tough experiences besides one call. Like literature class that I had in Utah, but I usually try to be very easy on people that I don't know much about, or just I just see them for briefly three minutes and they're gone. So I usually say my name Ashley, and weirdly everyone hears a lot of people actually hear Ashley, and it it happened to me several times that it wasn't worth the time to spend. Okay, my name is Mashi, not Ashley. So I just say, yeah, thank you, <laughs> bye.、Uh, yeah, but in my、uh, UW class, I had this Shakespeare class that I just got into because I was curious about, and it was just pre-literature、uh, prerequisite, and it was really difficult for me not because I couldn't read Shakespeare, but I. Don't know much about literature in general, and English、uh, literature. Yeah, English literature, and、uh, the syllabus was late, and I didn't know the prof- the professor. He like I was the only person whose English was their second language in the class,、mm. and I can tell I was the only white、uh, non-white person in the class. So the professor, whenever I raise my hand to say something to add a comment、uh, about the readings, he tried to repeat to learn my name. But whenever I try to pronounce my name, Mashid, he repeated Ashley. Then he couldn't hear the rest. I I kept saying like Mashid and him with another white name, and it was really weird. Then like after three attempts of. Throwing random white names at me,、uh, he pronounced like weird words that I couldn't imagine that they could be names or something, as if he's hearing my name right. So for the third time that I raised my hand to add some comments, I said Mashid, and again he said Ashley. So、oh、I said、God. yes, Ashley. Just just leave me alone. And after that, I dropped out of his class because I didn't feel comfortable to go to his office hour and talk to him、uh, about the course syllabus and、uh, the assignments. So it was it was just too much energy. So、It's、I just so demeaning from the very first interaction to like not even like not even attempt to 
like step forward and maybe say like hey i'm sorry i'm having uh, having a hard time hearing you or like can you break down the name and like, or spell it yeah spell it or stuff like that none of that he would just make up words as in like it's a it's a game if it made me feel so uncomfortable like i got into these kind of situations that like i couldn't pronounce another person's name i try so hard but if i feel like they're getting uncomfortable I just move on, then I I Google and find a pronunciation myself so I can correct myself instead of making the person to teach me like four times in front of everyone. Uh, I think it's a better, it's, it's a, a, a little kinder to do it to people. Uh, but I try to make sure that they know that I care about their name. Or like even if they don't want to do that extensive research, they can just simply say, I'm sorry, I'm butchering your name. It's going to take me a little bit uh, to learn it. And then like after the class ends, just like very politely ask the student to like give you their time for like 10 seconds and ask them hey can you please break down the name uh, so i can pronounce it right and not to butcher your name every time and then write down how it's supposed to be pronounced so that the next time you don't forget and you don't ask the student again and again and again exactly i think you both mentioned great points we totally understand when you come across a name or a word that you haven't heard before. Uh, so it is totally okay, absolutely okay to not being able to pronounce a name that you never saw before or you just have absolutely no idea how to pronounce it. But it is important to be kind and understanding and do not make the other person feel even more excluded by expressing how difficult it is to pronounce it or how foreign that name sounds. I think it is important to not make a big deal out of it. Try to like ask the other person pronounce their name for you or write it down for you and if you still struggle just be cool about it don't make a big deal out of it just move forward later on maybe if you practice a little more or you google it or you spend a little time you know you hear it a few more times you will get a hang of it i never forget I actually had a manager uh, when I was working at one of the best restaurants in Chicago. He just joined our team and he had a notebook like this and we had a lot of employees, like more than 100 employees. So he would go around with his notebook and his pen and introduce himself and ask everyone's name and actually writing it down so that he could remember how to pronounce it. So these are like little things that goes a long way. And like, I personally would be more than happy to repeat myself a couple of times and say my name again and again until they get it right. But when you see people like from the first impression, when they see my name, it's like, oh my God, this is so long. I don't even want to try. I don't want to even try saying it. That is like when things, yeah. you know. It's kind of like they're lazy to make a 
better like connection with you because it doesn't really matter to them if they're connected or not. Yeah, I mean, to me, they make me feel more, even more excluded when they just try to justify their inability to pronounce my name by saying that, oh, this is just too long or too difficult for me to even try. When you said about that thing about your manager doing that, I had a psychology professor and what he would do, he would ask all students to bring a photo and then in class he would have us write our name on one side of the car, uh, mm. of a, like one of those note cards and like below our name write how we're supposed to, how he's supposed to pronounce our name and then on the back of it he would stick our photo and like that would, he would make a flashcard like that and he actually memorized the name of all the students and the correct pronunciation by the second session. And he oh my never God. mispronounced anybody's name. And he never misidentified anybody. And like that was the coolest. I, I never saw any other uh, professor to do that. But like, well, most of them were pretty okay with um, learning names. But like, I personally am uh, the kind of person who has an extremely difficult time remembering people's name. So it was cool to see that he's using the flashcard. But like the fact that he wanted, he also wanted to learn the correct pronunciation and added the photo it was just all like from the very first moment it showed how much he cared about connecting with the students and it was very valuable that's amazing that's amazing i I love it just imagine uh if i print out a picture of us of three of us and i frame it and i give it to you as a gift you will never that's such a beautiful gift like you will never gonna forget my face uh, what I do, I uh, I always introduce myself like Ava, like avocado. So it puts ah. a visual in their head, and more people have been uh, having uh, easier time to uh, remember my name. Uh, it was it was funny because like a couple of days ago, I ran into uh, our neighbor that I haven't uh, talked to for the past year. Like more, it's been over a year since I've talked to him, and he was like, "Your name ha- had something like guacamole in it." <laughs> <laughs> a lot of names I personally I am I am to blame for that too because I have butchered a lot of my American friends name and I'm sorry white names hmm white names white names that's yeah thank you for correcting that white names and like I had a co-worker who I genuinely had trouble like Every time I would just like ask people to like different people to just show me the way to correct myself, like the the name Gwen, Gwen, Gwen. <laughs> yes. That's a. I mean, it's it's it just like genuinely hard for me. But like I'm I'm not I, I'm not, I never I never told her that this is like a difficult name to pronounce. I put the blame on myself. I'm like. I will never give up. I mean, I think I still don't get it 
go in. But I'm, I swear to God, I'm working on it. I, I do have it on my, I wrote it down. I'm like, every now and then, I go back and try to like, or if I'm hearing someone saying it, I try. So it is like, <laughs> we also have butchered so many names. But our, as I mentioned earlier also, it just, yeah, we also never heard these names ever before. So it is understandable why we cannot or why we cannot pronounce a lot of names correctly or if we cannot you know remember them but i think for me personally i put a blame on myself because it is my fault not being able to pronounce it what i have experienced before because because i'm the minority because my name is not common other people are putting the blame on me for having such a difficult name they are not uh, taking responsibility for not being able to pronounce my name do you see what i'm do you see my point yeah yeah because yeah. it's not that first interaction like it's not the fact that um you can't pronounce someone's name that is wrong or that the person has a um, name that you're unfamiliar with that's not wrong either none of those things are wrong what's wrong is what happens after these two people meet that mm-hmm. after they like after you introduce yourself to someone and you say your name and it's so difficult for them to pronounce okay we recognize it it's fine it's totally good uh, it's, it's okay it's not a mis- like it's not a wrongdoing mm-hmm. you're not harming uh, anyone by not being able to pronounce our name but after you recognize it uh, you recognize that it's difficult and I'm telling you your, uh, my name Mm-hmm. It matters what you do next. And if you're trying to dismiss my name, or if you're trying to shame me for my name, or if you're like, if you're just kind of like ignoring the pronunciation, there has been times that I've said it's Ava, and the person straight up in my face called me Ava. It happened yesterday in the restaurant. <laughs> like the girl corrected me with my own name. I'm like, what are you doing? It's my name. I know what my name is, don't wow. correct me. Yeah, like she she straight up was like, Oh Ava, order for Ava. I was like, What is happening here? And her coworker corrected her and he was like, It's Ava <laughs> Yeah. The other stressor that sometimes happens is that especially if you have a customer service job and you have a different name, it's a little harder. People usually don't read your name tag but I'm a barista and a lot of people like to know their barista's name. Mm-hmm. So they try to read it, it's hard, so I read it back to them and the conversation goes on, oh, where's that name from? And it's really nice that people are very like curious about where you're from, they want to make a conversation mm-hmm. and like add some comments about your name or like how, ask how your day is going. Uh, but when you are working in a fast-paced job, like it, for example, I was on Starbucks, uh, Starbucks barista, so it was a little harder because I had like one minute for each customer, mm-hmm. and it was hard to respond to this question like five or six times a day. Especially if you're working from like 4 a.m. and after that you have to go to school, you're like you have a lot to handle in one day. Uh, so I. I changed my name to Ariana 
because I was tired of responding back to people where I'm from or where is that name from, how it's pronounced. Yeah, and Ariana is a pretty person yeah. too. So yeah, but mm-hmm. the funny thing is that if my coworkers start calling me Ariana Grande, so I added. <laughs> And again, going back to like the act of asking questions and being curious is not the problem. In fact, that's amazing. It's it's amazing that someone has a curiosity knowing like where I'm coming from, where you're coming from and all that. But as Ava mentioned too, the what comes after that is incredibly important because for instance in my experience uh, a lot of people ask me where i'm coming from and their first guests are either you know brazilian or mexican these are the first guests but when i tell them that uh, i'm persian or i'm from iran they immediately respond oh my god I have a best friend. I have a Persian best friend. Last year she cooked for me. And I'm like, oh wow, that's amazing. And like, I'm, I'm waiting for them to say what's next. I'm like, you know, that's amazing. Good for you. You have a Persian best friend. Uh, <laughs> but that was it. Like, that was all they said. I have a best friend who is Persian. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, it reminds me of when you know, some white people claiming that they are not, I'm not racist. I have black friends. I uh, had a black, my ex, 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 ex was black. I'm like, just because you have one black person in your cycle doesn't make you not racist. Or rela- Yeah. And that is what reminds, I'm like, okay. Although I have to mention, like at my work in, in Seattle, uh, I met two people who asked me that question, where are you from? And then I told them I'm Persian. And then they also said, oh, I have a best friend who is Persian. But the, the conversation, you know, moved forward. It didn't end there. Yeah, they said, yeah, yeah. oh, you know what? I, I have a very good friend who are Persian. It would be nice to connect you guys together because they knew that I didn't have like a lot of Persian friends. And they actually connected me with some beautiful Persians who've been living there forever. And uh, yeah. it was amazing. So yes, they asked me where I'm coming from because they were curious. They mentioned that their best friend was Persian because they were intending to see if I was interested to get connected with them or not. But I don't understand. As soon as I tell them I'm Persian, they say, oh my God, I have a a best friend who is Persian too. You know, what's my favorite response to that question? When I say I'm Persian, they, they would be like, oh, you mean you're from Iran? Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I want to. For us, it's like potato, potato. Iranian, Persian is the same. And also, mm-hmm. y- y'all have been saying Iranian for the longest last time. Mm-hmm. It's all it, it, it's all George Bush's fault. He was, I, I'm pretty sure he was the first person who started saying Iran. And everyone started saying Iran. Stop it. That's such a shame that the president of the country pronounces another country's name wrongly. Maybe we like running. I don't know. That is crazy. 
Yeah, but it's so funny that they keep pronouncing. Then I like a lot of time I say, um, no, it's Iran. George, it's George Bush's pronunciation, so they try to fix it immediately. <laughs> yeah, just ruin it by telling, telling them it, it was George Bush's fault, and they're like, ew, okay. Or just like they yeah, can't. So. The American version of this name is pronounced Iran. No, dude, you the cannot American just. The American version of saying this name is. Fuck you! Leave me alone. Get away from me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, guys. I have. Okay, so I had uh, I had uh, one guy tell me that that he has a Iranian best friend, and he was like, he he actually wasn't white. He was a he was my Uber driver, and he was a black man, and he said it. But here's the difference. When we say it's okay to say stuff like that, what he did, the way he he handled it was he said, "Oh, my childhood friend uh, is an Iranian," and then we got into this conversation, and he told me this really super exciting story about how the if I remember correctly, his friend helped him smuggle. Uh, no, not smuggle. Well, the Iranian friend was smuggling it. <laughs> oh my god! Like it was a rug. He wanted to get a Persian rug, but they, they, they wanted it to be cheaper because it was so cute. So the friend was smuggling it. I think it was like, it was like something like it was the funniest thing ever, and that that was like really nice. We had like a half an hour conversation about it, and it was super entertaining and fun. And I, yeah, it was it was such a good. I, I wasn't offended by that, but it, it, at the same time, like I had I, I used to be a cashier, and this uh, other dude. Asked me where I'm from, and I, as soon as I said I'm from Iran, he immediately shut down. He crossed his arms, and he was like, "Oh, interesting." And then the, a very long, long, awkward pause followed. Like I was like, "Well, someone got uncomfortable with that answer." <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. But also, oh, with the accent thing, uh, like recognizing it from another place. Here's the thing: like in uh, there, there was an office that I used to work work at, and the diversity of the office was um, from white to actual white. Like I was the, <laughs> I'm very passing. Most people think I'm Italian or French. Mm-hmm. Um, and like and some people think I'm Mexican, and like I was the I, I was their minority in that office. That's how white the office was. So we've had customers coming into the office who have had um, like white people who have had this, like southern accent. They never made a comment about it. Like I had seen them talking to different people all the time. And then all of a sudden we had a new coworker joining us. Um, she was a, a black woman who moved here from Alabama. And the first conversation they started to have with her was about her accent. She had an Alabama accent, and I was like, okay, I feel bad for her. We have had uh, people from the south, like white people from the south, with southern accents coming in, and there wasn't any conversation like that. Like people pointing out their accent immediately, or like starting to have a conversation, or saying, "Oh my God, your accent is so cute." <laughs> oh my God. hate that sentence so much and but but with with this black woman 
from Alabama who joined in and immediately is like talking with a different accent than they are, they immediately were like, oh my God, your accent is so cute. And like saying like, oh, how do you say this word? How do you say this word? I was like, back the fuck up. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. I didn't know if I'm allowed to say it's, that It's word. totally fine. You can say whatever. Yeah. All those okay, are fine. So like, bitch, back the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, you know, I, I would like to mention this as well. In real life, when you are not authentic about what you are saying, people will know. People will immediately understand. So that goes exactly with the thing that you just mentioned earlier too. I had some American friends who genuinely loved accents. Like they enjoyed listening to me and you know, they they were not shy to express that. But yeah, I love your accent because it's different. And it was actually very encouraging to hear that. But also when they told me that your accent is cute, I love your accent, they said it so genuinely. And it was really coming from their heart that I could immediately feel. I, I didn't feel offended they saying that my accent is cute because I could feel that they were genuinely saying that. But like some of the people that respond to oh my god your accent is cute where are you from you're just like you can immediately recognize that they're just like trying to be politically correct or they're just like being passive aggressive or they just throw in these cute adjectives over there in their sentence to cover the fact that they found my accent weird or whatever so you can tell if someone is genuine about these things or not I was just thinking that the main the main focus, the main goal of introducing yourself is building building a connection. So it's really on both sides to try to make the connection better. I know it's hard sometimes to uh, say your name like ten times, but it's it's I think patience and kindness would bring a better deeper connection to people around us. I really love the point that you just mentioned. I want people to feel okay to ask even hundred times how to pronounce it, how to pronounce my name correctly, and I don't really mind that because that shows a genuine interest, and like I will be more than happy to do it. So, but I need to see an effort. Like, if they're just like asking hundred times how to pronounce this, and you patiently telling them how to pronounce it, and at the end they still get it wrong. get the fuck out of here yeah okay you guys i i I wanted to ask you one last question uh this is the last segment of our very interesting conversation today and i wanted to ask you guys if you uh, have learned any or if you have added any new words interesting words to your vocabulary lately that you're super excited to use it yes i actually had to think about this for uh, say also uh, i i have a, a friend who um is a very good listener and whenever i learn, <laughs> learn a new word i immediately go to him and i'm like yeah i learned a new word and like He's the one person I can ask the meaning of anything and he will very kindly explain what it means. Oh, that's super nice. I want yeah. one of his um, friends. So the, the word is abominable. What does that mean? He, uh, okay, so 
It means loathsome, an act that is uh, loathsome, or you can describe something that is loathsome. So, like, um, the the protesters were suppressed with abominable cruelty. Ah. Matthew, what's yours? Mine is, uh, well, I was looking for a good replacement for the F4 because I use it a lot. <laughs> so I think another, and I don't want to use, like, I, I say, like, what the heck and, like, different types of words, but one of them is watch. Like, instead of saying I fucked up something, I would be say, I would say I pushed up something. So I did a little collider. <laughs> yeah, because I fuck up a lot of things on regular basis, and I admit <laughs> to them, so she, she does like confession a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I think watch out would be a better word to describe my behavior, like messed up behavior. Oh my god, I love that. <laughs> I use what the flower. What the flower? What the flower? Uh, I know. <laughs> Yeah, I'll add that too. I need a lot of replacements. And I have, uh, I have actually another word, dogmatism. Have you heard of that word, dogmatism? Yeah. It reminds me of dogmat. Yeah, yeah, dogmat. same. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then I have another word. <laughs> they are not words, but they're matched up words. Surprise us. Meaningship. Meaningship. What's that? Yes. It means meaningful. It's a it's a combination of meaningful relationship. Uh, <laughs> meaningship. Yeah, I like that. I have another Did one. You made up yourself. Yes. I mean, I didn't sit down and contemplate it of how to make one word, like how to combine meaningful and relationship. I was just talking. And I wanted to say meaningful relationship, and then I accidentally said meaningship, and then <laughs> it was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Or another word that actually I created as I was uh, talking to my friend about uh, going through TSA at the airport was security. <laughs> Security. <laughs> what? Security. 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 So it's like security. Uh, what is it called? Security, security checkpoint. Oh, security check. Security, security check. Uh, so it's security. like security. I'm passing through security, which means like security Ever checkpoint. Security. Okay, guys. Thank you so much for being here for sharing thank your. Thank you for having us. Of course. Absolutely. Um, I cannot wait to have coffee with you or tea sometime soon. <laughs> after both of them. After, or maybe both. <laughs> yeah, I'm down for it. That's it, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Until next week, take care. <laughs>